I'm Vernon Mann. Welcome to another Boy's Own Adventure Story from my time as a producer and correspondent for TV news in the 70s and 80s. You may have listened to earlier stories from Lebanon, Iran and elsewhere, and I hope you enjoyed them. There are more to come from Afghanistan, China, Romania, Ireland. Exciting life, you might say, and you would be right. But we spend a lot of time in our smoke-filled newsroom waiting for something to happen. Smoke-filled? Yes, just about everybody smoked at this time, the late 70s, and you can hardly see from one end of the room to the other. If you don't smoke, tough. Smoking wasn't banned in offices till 2007. So we wait around in the smoke-filled, kebab-perfumed atmosphere of excited anticipation. There's a diary of things we know will happen, like parliamentary sessions, elections, court cases, big sporting events. Then there's the blank screen waiting to be filled by the unexpected. The Twin Towers outrage, Princess Diana's car crash death. Often, the unexpected doesn't materialise. That's probably a good thing. News editors like to keep someone unassigned or on call, though, so they're ready to handle any story that's thrown at them. Weekends are no exception. I get the call on a Saturday, my day off. I wasn't even on call. We're always on call, I guess. An oil rig has exploded in the North Sea. It's on fire. So join me in Stavanger, Norway, where I'm waiting in a bar to see if my big gamble has paid off. If it has, I may make a name for myself. If it hasn't, this will probably be my last foreign assignment. It's actually my first foreign assignment. My first and last? I hope not. It's the biggest ever blowout in the North Sea. A fountain of burning oil is blasting 50 metres high and oil is gushing into the sea, threatening major pollution, 200 miles from the Norwegian coast. The Norwegians and the Philips Petroleum Company face a daunting challenge. How to stop it? The world's media wonder, how the hell do we cover it? I have two reporters, two camera crews, a lighting man and a fistful of dollars. We hit Stavanger Airport running and bump into a couple of hundred hacks like me, swirling around in near panic, wondering where to go from here. The action's not at the airport, it's in the middle of the sea. You can't get a taxi there. Ecofisk is the first commercial oil field in the North Sea. It's been pumping oil since 1969. Now it's flushing freestyle because of a cock-up over the installation of a blowout safety valve. Someone put it in upside down. Well done, that man. So what to do? A veteran ITV producer once told me, think big, spend big, you might get a result, but if you don't, you won't. So I'll hire a ship. Not a boat, an ocean-going ship. The skipper vows to get as close as he can to the stricken rig, safety exclusion zone or not. An 18-hour return trip at $100 an hour. The BBC want to share the cost. They can't find a boat. No way, I say. Then I put a helicopter on standby, a big one, to lift off the exclusive film I hope, now I know, we're going to get. It's a Sikorsky S-74, the commercial version of the military Black Hawk, the one that went down in the movie. 4,000 US dollars a day, 300 extra for a winchman, a holding deposit, non-refundable, $500. This is a huge investment. I'm at the mercy of the ship's captain, relying on him to stretch the nautical rules and go close enough to the rig to enable us to get good pictures. Then I have to persuade the chopper pilot to nudge into the exclusion zone and winch up the film. Which is why I'm sitting in a bar, nursing a beer and chewing my nails. 
I decide it might not be wise to call the foreign desk. Why cause them a sleepless night too? To be honest, I'm wary of telling them how much money I've spent. So I have a few more beers and order a reindeer steak as I wait to see if I'll strike lucky or not. I've never been a big gambler, though I enjoy an odd day at the races and an occasional game of low-stakes poker. I used to play three-card brag with mates in Gloucestershire when I was a trainee journalist on the local paper. I once sacrificed a week's pay in an hour. Three-fours beat a flush, sadly. £6.65 pence I lost and had to be subbed for the week by not very chuffed dad. I grab a few hours sleep and worry that I might lose this bet, my biggest. My room phone rings at six o'clock in the morning. I jump to answer it. There's a message from the crew via the Port Authority. The message says, Great pictures of the rig. Yes! I call the helicopter company and say it's a goer. I call the foreign desk and tell them the good news. Don't mention the cost yet. I fly with the Sikorsky. It's a long way for a chopper. We refuel on an oil rig. After a surprisingly brief search, we spot our ship. Our pilot makes contact. I can see the reporter and crew waving on the deck. We lower the winchman. Luckily, it's a reasonably calm day. I have the film. Back at the airport, I hand it to a charter pilot who fly it back to Aberdeen for processing and editing. It's a worldwide scoop, my first. The foreign editor is over the moon and insists, get another boat, do another run. So I hire another boat. An icebreaker, $125 an hour. Are you sure you can't get a smaller one, asks the foreign editor, beginning to realise the price of success. I tell him it's the only boat available, and actually it's already on its way. But we get more great pictures, world exclusive number two. The authorities complain that our ship got dangerously close to the rig and say we mustn't do it again, knuckles wrapped. I have to hire another chopper to pick up the film, of course to the delight of the charter guy, who hasn't had so much business for months. No discount, though. Meanwhile, Phillips Petroleum fly in from America the legendary Red Adair, who has tamed oil well blowouts and fires around the world, from the Sahara to the Gulf of Mexico, 2,000 of them. Years later, in Kuwait, his team will put out 117 wells set alight by retreating Iraqi troops in the Gulf War. Accounts of his daredevil adventures enthralled me as a teenager. They even make a movie about him starring John Wayne. Who else? You know a dare will sort it out, and he does. Seven days later, he and his sidekick Boots Hansen cap the well. Story over. So pleased is he with my business that the helicopter agent presents me with a receipt for $4,000 for hire of a fictional helicopter. Enough for a deposit on a house. I never submit the expense. Sometimes I wish I had. I did buy my wife a reindeer rug as I left Stavanger for home, a small gift to make up for my sudden absence. It sheds hairs on the plane and in the cab home and all over the house. We throw it in the bin. Thanks for listening. I'm Vernon Mann. Join me next time as I travel through China after the student massacre in Tiananmen Square, Beijing. Look forward to your company. Bye for now. (music) 